Hello, and welcome to the Yukon Entrepreneur Podcast Series. I'm your host, Carrie Johnston, and I'm recording today on the traditional territory of Champagne and Asiac First Nations in beautiful Dakota Haines Junction. And please welcome my guest, Tina. Tina, please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. My name's uh, Tina Dixon. I am a longtime, lifelong Northern girl, and um, this will be my second podcast. So I appreciate having um, having me back today and hopefully share some more insight on our last uh, year or so of living in the Yukon. Yeah, well, the first interview we did with you, it was springtime and you were kind of getting ready for reconfiguring for what was it, you know, summer 2020 and what a summer that turned out to be. Yeah, that seems so long ago. So, but you kind of have lost track. So we just uh, keep moving forward. I, I hear you. Uh, Tina, how, what business, what, what businesses are you in? How long you've been operating? Well, we run, um, um, it feels like I run a lot more than what I do, but um, tourism is, our, of course, our main industry. Um, we have a couple of different companies, um, kind of focus on uh, tours and transport, and then we have a multi-day um, higher-end company. So uh, I, I bounce between both of them in terms of uh, basically operations, marketing, logistics, guiding, um, have become kind of known as the, uh, the people mover. <laughs> and the Yukon ambassador. Yes, I'm always advocating for anything to do with uh, factual uh, information and good storytelling about the Yukon. Well, that's, uh, and you run incredible businesses. Thank you, Tina. Uh, Tina, what's your first memory of the pandemic? When did you realize that this was going to be a thing and a problem? Well, and I, I think I appreciate that question because we, we as in tourism, direct related. Um, we were just getting ready to host um, uh, Arctic Winter Games, which was uh, is a, a huge sport tourism sector event. And that caused a lot of turmoil in terms of cancellations. We were booked throughout the games to host several, several opportunities with great revenue. And uh, when the games announced that they're not happening, it, it, it was a, a very domino effect, not just for myself. I, I don't ever think of myself. I think of accommodations. I think of airlines. I think everything to do. There's tourism weaves throughout the Yukon deeply. Um, and so that was a, a real eye opener. And then the second, it was really hard to just answer that one. And then the second was when cancellations started happening and all you were doing was handing back money. And, and that money, that was just like, wow, okay. And then the phone stopped ringing. There was no phone calls, no texts, no emails, complete dead. That was the real true reality because people were actually talking to me. I'm always on the phone. I, I mean, you average an incoming every, every usually 35 seconds to a minute mm -hmm. and there's nothing. Yeah. So it kind of felt like our own, our own, uh, 9-11 here almost because I remember that day as well yeah, yeah the world yeah. stopped yeah yeah your world stopped in tourism yep what have you learned about your business model over the past two years I think you know um a couple things we um I you really test your values in your model um and and know um you revisit who you are and you stick to those. And a lot of that is, for me, it's community-based. It's the community who, who sells us, who we turn to, 
um, who we partner with and um, who support you. And so that really, really, really showed through that time that, okay, I am, I'm, I'm a Yukon business, hundred percent local. And it, and that is why we survived. And who is your customers? Is it Yukoners, Canadians, international? Do you have like a demographic that you're reaching for? Oh well, of course that kind of changed, but you know, um, locals, people live here um, to do their own thing. So they didn't really need us because people just pack up and they go, they, they don't need transport. They don't need uh, someone to hold their hand going for a hike. So we didn't benefit hugely, um, but you know, there is still, and even though events were canceled, so that was always my spinoff. Okay. We got weddings, we have things. Um, so we, I sat for a little bit and it made me kind of, I guess I was supposed to have some chill time and anyone that knows me, I, I, I don't sit for very long. So yeah, the vans got parked, staff got laid off a bit, but we were still, but for a shorter amount of time than compared to a lot of other tour companies, because small groups were still having to move around. We still had some corporate business. We work uh, some government business, um, and some NGOs that still needed our help in moving people safely and following, you know, some COVID guidelines, which I know we'll talk about in a bit. So, and, and finding those opportunities where we, I, you didn't really see, but um, people, people know that you were kind of hurting and there was no white bands and nothing happening. So um, I think people created some opportunity for you as well. So I appreciate that. As a business owner, leadership, leadership is inherent in so much of what we do. What are you learning about leadership over the past couple of years? Well, uh, that, you know, what we're, we're pretty chatty. Uh, we're, uh, as, a, as a leaders, uh, communicating. But that was your time to use that other skill called listening and taking a step back and going through another lens so I maybe call it the leadership lens because we, we heard and we saw things um, and, and, and finding that opportunity by listening, listening to what's going on out there and planning for the future. Um, it was either, yeah, you can just, you can just curl up, go away and, and, and decide to crawl under a rock, or that was your chance as a leader to, to, to be, um, and to be someone, maybe for someone else, like I took more time out to, to speak to potential entrepreneurs, to students, to other courses. And usually people don't get a half hour of my time at all. And I took more time to, to talk to the community, talk to uh, students and participate in like studies um, internationally. And I know you asked about who our audience is. Well, I mean, definitely on that front from a training, uh, it was local. Um, and then, you know, and we captured Canada. Canada, I mean, um, they still, Yukon was on everyone's list in the rest of Canada. So later on in the pandemic, um, the domestic market became one of our, our strongholds. And and we knew that the international market would would come back, and it is so. Um, but finally, Canadians were coming up here, and it, and it and with a bit more space and a bit more, 
you know, they had more room in the tour buses. They got to chit chat with us a little bit more and not so much um, international mixed with domestic. So we really got to focus on our, our Canadian uh, visitor. Hmm. You know, we've all had to adapt to this new way of normal, which sort of adaptation in your, in your business are you most proud of? I, I just, I just say we survived. I didn't have to sell off any assets. I mean, you, laying off staff is never an easy thing. Um, there's still, I still had payroll. And, and so little things like that, you're, you're pretty proud of that. You were still actually providing um, some employment for, for people, which, which is a, a good thing. And I think, um, you know, finding kind of reinvesting in the community and building some new partnerships is probably where I'm most proud of um, that we were still able to, to um, meet, meet supply and demand and, and still say yes. And I'm actually learning to say no a bit more because just with capacity right now, but also, um, and I don't know if I'm proud of this, but this, this is definitely a change. I used to be a, a huge optimist. Anyone who knew me, I was always at 90,000 cloud foot elevation thinking, huge thinking. And I, and the pandemic turned me into a realist. And I used to kind of point out realists. And now many of us in tourism have became that. And I know the, I will become an optimist again, but I have to just deal with being a little bit more of a realist and that's kind of interesting. I catch myself a little bit going, oh man, yeah. So a little change. Mm, that's really interesting. The public health measures have been you know, on and off and in times rest more restrictive. Which have been the most challenging for you as a business owner? Oh man, the mount. So we spent a lot of time in our vans and I mean, they were clean before, but yeah, I am just the, the cleaning, the extra cleaning time that you have to incorporate. Someone has to absorb that cost because when a van comes in, you're spending more time cleaning to make sure it's safe before it goes out. So um, that definitely, and, and, you know, people, I'm reminding people that we need to space out a little bit more. And you, you sound like a, just because, you know, you open the door and some people want to follow those guidelines. Here's the challenge is they just got off an airplane. So they, they've already been on an airplane. They've been masked all day and then they get into a van and then it's, yeah. Um, the guide saying again, you know, we need to wear masks and, and stuff. So, I mean, that, that gets a little bit old, but also, yeah, you're much better at cleaning a van a lot faster. <laughs> Have you accessed any of the pandemic related supports, the uh, employee leave, special leave or the pivot program or anything like that? Mm. Um, yeah, I think for myself, yes. Um, and most tourism businesses, we were really lucky compared to the rest of the country with our industry to have, a, I'd say, more opportunities with some financial directly related to tourism. However, we did not go into business to fill out grant applications. I'm not an NGO. And that's not why I went into business. So um, you, we all got grant and financial fatigue and just said, screw it after a while. Um, so there's missed opportunities. You really kind of read through the guidelines and went, okay, how much time do I actually have to do this? And 
yes, I'm going to get more money, but is it worth my sanity? About halfway through the pandemic, many of us were just like, um, yeah, really question, really kind of going through and going, okay, what, what do I really need to take advantage of? And then, and then the paper trail was enough to kill you. You know, you're dying already. Um, but you really had to, to just put everything out there and we're not, we're not really that kind of people to put everything out there to, um, everyone. Yeah. Government open your books. But, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I think, and it has nothing to do with pride. It's, it's time because you were exhausted already and you're trying to just spin and, and then throw in a, a huge grant application and accountability that you had to keep was so much more heavy. And it was another level of exhaustion. Yeah. Hmm. But we, yeah, we're fortunate and I'm grateful for it. And I know I'll be able to chat about it probably a little bit more down the road because we survived. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, going forward, how are you thinking about your business differently? Where do you see your opportunity? Well, if you would have talked to me like, okay, so it's been, um, I, I think one of your beginning questions was how long. Um, so nine years for this division of the company, but I've been with the business for like 28 years. Um, of course, anyone, I'm, we're larger than life here, huge thinkers, um, opportunity, land of opportunity. Yeah, I, at one time I wanted to be the biggest, largest tour company um, with, you know, of course, our various divisions and offer, you know, our day tours to our multi tours to now kind of moving into more transport, um, host services. I'm going to probably still be a boutique tour company. We have a we have found a, a very nice niche market and we seem to have found a really great place. And yeah, you don't have to be the biggest, greatest. And I don't want UConn to be that. Um, I, one of your things that you're going to ask me down the road about aha moments and things like that is what's going to happen now is this word called over tourism. We have all been cooped up for so long. Um, travel is, it's a privilege, but it's also a necessity and is becoming a need for people's mental wellness, for people, I think people are gonna value their families, they've had time to reflect, and now they need to get the frick out. And so people are gonna be anxious to, to book, travel, companies are changing, and um, I, I worry about our capacity um, because so much of our industry is understaffed right now. And it's not just me, I'm talking hotels, restaurant, any, anyone is understaffed. And so there's a potential for burnout, but there's also an opportunity to look and go, who do we really wanna be when we grow up post pandemic? And like, for example, Kluwani, I don't want it to be Banff. I never want it to be Banff. And, and anyone that knows me will speak. I, I, I protect that place with, with my heart because I never want to see five, 10 buses pulling in and just ruining that Yukon experience. So with this pandemic, we have an opportunity to become a really cool um, model for responsible tourism. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Yeah. Have you taken up any new skills to better position yourself for the new economy? Oh, skills. Um, no, I maybe a little better at relationships. Um, my and my skills. I'm using skills that maybe were in my 
there's somewhere in your tool belt, but um, we, we, uh, we all created new tool belts, right? During the pandemic. And <laughs> so some of my funny ones that I, I thought of was like more, um, I'm more under, I'm more understanding. I'm more nice. I'm more patient. I, I have maybe some skills of a social worker and not just a, on a, a, a strong type A guide storyteller. So I have a bit more compassion for people. I've become more flexible and a good listener because people who have jumped in the van, I really try to stay away from politics, government, religion, steer it. And now we have this thing called COVID and pandemic and people are, are on the holiday. So I have to work really hard on just hear their story and then, okay, we're moving on. Yep. So yeah, there's some new skills there on getting people out of that, out of that think tank and, and enjoying their holiday holiday again. So I know that those skills still have to probably develop a little bit more. <laughs> well, it's interesting. So people are leaving leaving down south, coming up here to get away, and they're still bringing all that COVID baggage up there with them. you got to help peel it away. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm seeing is people are the traveler, for example. What I'm noticing is they're much more emotional. They're much more needy. They're anxious, and they're, 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 they're bringing that into their itinerary planning and and. And so you're, you're, it's taking more time. It's taking more time to, to really understand what do these people need when they come here? We used to be able to just go, oh yeah, you should be doing this. But now it's like, yeah, there's another layer to make sure that they're, they're doing the right thing and that we're going to, we're going to be there on the other end for them. So, yeah. Mm -hmm we've got this work and you've spoken to this a little bit, but we've got this work ahead of sort of rebuilding post pandemic, the Yukon economy and sort of what we want to be. What are you paying attention to? What are your hopes? Um, well, you know, I just think um, we, that we recover, um, that tourism becomes another forefront for, um, Yukon is a, is a pretty sexy hot place. Um, in terms of, we have all the components to be um, on the front runner. Um, right now, I think we're number five in Canada as a destination for Canadians to travel to. Like, And I, of course, I, we wanna be number one, but at the same time, um, you know, just moving up that ladder and recognizing that, yep, yeah, um, spread ourselves out, you know, still build on the year round tourism, our winter market, um, support uh, potential, um, you know, companies that worst that started out and then kind of are, are in the whole tank. Um, I also really advise for I'm always talking about, you know, we talked so much about emerging entrepreneurs right now with the pandemic and what people should be doing. And um, so I'm, I really advocate for, for that with, you know, to not be the, the, the super, the super company that you're going to try and do it all and really understand who you are and your market and, 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 and not copy, don't be a copycat, be yourself and be, be who you are because 
um, the companies that have survived and are moving forward, we, we're, we're all we're all in it together. And Yukon's always been that way to help each other out. And, and I saw that more than ever, you know, um, when it when we we might have not been able to deliver. So neither of another company. So we've been built some new relationships there as well, which I'm, I'm kind of really, really glad about. So partnerships is really, really key in moving forward. Mm -hmm. Everyone should have that potential partnership list. Any advice for emerging entrepreneurs? Yeah, I kind of um, touched on that. Um, I think they really need to have a diverse business model, really understand uh, and don't rely on funding. If, you, if you're part of your, your building a business is, is to have public dollars and funding and that you're not going to make it. You really, I don't, I don't care if you start with one horse, one bicycle, one one room, you really, really need to understand the financial picture of it and, and have those support team in place and be prepared now more than ever, I think, to even work harder um, with this recovering industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, any aha moments, shifts in your world worldview? <laughs> um, I think, you know, we we end up I, I talked about it that travel is going to be more of a necessity and one thing that you know my aha moments that you had more time to reflect during the pandemic yes you did more things and I know we will talk about a little bit about what I did for wellness uh, during that time but um, one of my aha moments was that uh, people really don't understand our tourism and industry. Like, I was so surprised. I had so many aha moments where people are like, the whole world is shut down. There's no planes flying. There's no one cruising around. And they're like, so how's it going? And, and I'm just like, ah, uh, well, actually, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, no, we, no, revenues are down 97%. Like, we're, yeah, we're not moving. Have you seen any of my vans? Have you seen any visitors? And they're like, Oh yeah, you guys are, oh, you guys are, I forgot about that. Yeah. You guys would be really impacted. Right. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And, and it's, and it surprised me more. And then people coming up with just like outrageous. I, I know they're trying to be kind, but really outrageous ideas when I'm just like, okay. Yeah. So you take the words of advice and you're just like, Haha, okay, thanks. Because this is uh the Yukon's very um, government, very stable. Um, there's a lot of dollars floating around and I just, um, yeah, the, the industries <laughs> and it's not that we want pity or anything, but oh my, yeah, I couldn't believe some of the comments and I was just like, okay, yeah, we need to move on to another conversation now. <laughs> Those were aha moments for me where I was like, oh, okay. I need to go for a longer walk. Yeah. So when you, you went for walks, what else kept you well and grounded? Oh yeah, kind of. I think um, yeah, really rediscovering your backyard and what an amazing place we live and how um, you know I I still went and traveled a little bit. I, I'll totally admit that, and you know, and just um, being responsible as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, the family uh, time. Um, yeah, hey, we live in a beautiful place and, and we can get away from the masks and get away from 
all that stuff quite easily here. So that kind of really kept you grounded as well. Um, yeah. And friends and, and family and, and just taking more time. So, I mean, even though we were in a fortunate spot, thank God our kids are older and the mortgage was paid uh, to just kind of go, okay. Yeah. Now do a little bit more, more projects. And one of the projects I actually did was I started writing a book during COVID. So, and I've, on, I've always had that kind of further on in my career, but I actually started writing a book and I already have like a second book that I want that I started adding words into. So I actually have two books going. Yeah. And I, wow. I have a whole plan for that. So, yeah. That's amazing. What, what are the books about? Um, one is actually kind of, um, so visitor experiences and the Yukon. And of course I haven't came up with a title, but um, just the, we have a story to tell, but usually the visitor story is much better on why they come here and heartfelt stories to, you know, uh, terminal illness to those surprise proposals to um, people's, people's crazy and unbelievable reason why they want to come here. And then the unexpected things that happen on tours that you just go, Oh yeah. So a great read, you know, a little bit more, um, but really through, through our lens and, and through my, through my, my window, I guess. And then the other book is about more specific to our other industry that we work in with the outfitting industry and uh, client experiences, but it's a learning book through funny stories that have happened in various, they come here for a big trip, just like paddlers do fishing. People come here for these amazing experiences but um, there's a lot of uh, packing and life lessons about when you're going to travel to the Yukon and really what you need to know and what to expect. And then, yeah, and that's the book I want to go like on tour with, you know, down to down to some of the our specific trade shows and and do some um, a great it's a great segue into yeah the Yukon backcountry and who we attract and the, the crazy things that happen here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's another whole podcast. Yeah, that, that is. Yeah. And there's, there's, you know, I, when I worked in the outfitting industry, my favorite thing was to actually read those books about other outfits and other trips. And like, it was always that really, I always found it so fascinating, especially going back historically to, to read those older books about, you know, trails, uh, guide yeah, trails or whatever they were called. They're great books. You know, and, you know, it goes right from the, the, um, you know, people work so hard just to get here, but then I love digging through like people's duffel bags before they fly in to a remote place because they're overweight. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's open the duffel. What do you got in there? Yeah, you're 20 pounds over, um, you know, to being at the float plane to, to the journey before the journey begins. And that is where there's, uh, there's a lot of like just blooper moments. Yeah. Yeah. And so whenever I come across a visitor or something, an experience that just happened, I'm like, oh man, yeah, you, you are now in my book. Yeah. And so by the end of the trip, when someone does something kind of funny or scary, they're like, oh geez, am I going to be in your book? That was not very good. Was it? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I have a special place for you. Mm-hmm. Good chapter yeah. 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, any closing thoughts before we, uh, leave the interview today, Tina? Well, you know, um, 
you definitely through this uh, process, you got to see, I always say it's like a little bit, because I, I do have a competitive side, you know, it is survival of the fittest, number one. Um, there's opportunity, always. Uh, things like this happen. And it what it is, is the reset and it creates opportunity. Um, and it just tells you that, you know, um, how in, you know, living life and, and travel and, and you just hear more and more people's stories of, you know, wanting the need to travel and, and it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's part of the process. It's the part of the journey. Um, it's not the end all, you know, just to, to live. I always say, you know, people who, um, um, great things always come when you live outside of your comfort zone. So a lot of people, were challenged with their comfort zones over these last two years. So there is amazing things that could, can happen if, if you kind of see it through that lens and you got to keep diverting because you ran into a lot of people who uh, struggled, who are vulnerable um, through, you saw it in social media, you saw it when you saw them on the street and yeah, we need to lift those people up, but at the same time, you need to filter it. And that means limiting your time on news, limiting your time on social media. I think a lot of us step back, um, but at the same time, it's like, and and not taking, you know, people are taking sides and it really tested things. And, and the bottom line is through this thing is to live life, travel, go, go be what you want to be. And, and the bottom line and also never ever travel with anyone you don't love um because especially in times like this where we're testing with with all the safety and things and like that and um you really really have found out who who you love and where you should go and <laughs> what you should do and travel is always the best way so tourism has a whole whole bunch of little messages entwined there um if people think that they should travel or not but yeah definitely get out there it's time well thanks so much for your time today tina best of luck perfect thank you so much